listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Take a minute to share today. It's going to be a good one. I don't think we've ever, ever dealt with this subject on the broadcast ever. Did I say ever? Ever. I don't know. I don't don't think we we ever have. And it's something that literally this last week, I was doing some studying, doing some reading, and this thought hit me. And then as we were driving in today, I thought, you know what, if we did a uh, a full broadcast on that. Love Alaska too. Looking forward to coming back and being in Alaska very soon and as soon as possible. Um, you saw the title, a deadly trap of comfort, the deadly trap of comfort. Um, I don't think we have, to be honest with you, now that I'm thinking back, I don't think I've ever covered this. Matt Perkins, love you. Jordan and Elizabeth work. Love you guys. We're getting ready to start a broadcast next week. They That's told right. Me they're getting ready to go live. That's awesome. Glad you are, Pastor Jordan. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna deal with it today. Anything good that takes place in your life, none of it stems from comfort. We're gonna talk about that because it's very, very, very interesting to think about how if if there's an expectation on your life from the Lord <clears throat> to produce for the kingdom of God then it's going to take diligence, dedication, and faithfulness to make those things come to pass. Um, Daryl has a great quote. He said, I always say that comfort is the burial grounds for a Christian. That's a great quote. Comfort is the burial grounds for a Christian. There's Luenda, love you so much. Um, So we're going to deal with it today. Take a minute, share the broadcast. Uh, If you've not signed up to get the magazine, sign up to do it. Uh, you can go straight to our website, miracleword.com. It's the first thing you'll see. Click it, fill out the form, let us send it to you. Uh, best edition we've ever put out. Carolyn wrote a killer article called Autopilot Off. Which actually kind of stems into today. Yeah. Because I say that in there. <laughs> we'll talk about it a little bit because it's, it is important to understand that there are many people that feel the um, temptation to literally go into cruise control and autopilot in their Christian life. Yeah, but I think also people segment their year. You know, everyone's always, you know, Christmas is over, then we got the new year. And what does everyone do for the new year? It's like, we got the fast, pray, we've got our resolutions, and we're going to start the year off strong. And everyone goes into the new year running. And then by summertime, you know, it's starting to fizzle out. It's funny how there's there's like a double start and stop. Yeah. It's like winter, spring, got to fast, got to pray, got to press in, start the year resolutions. Then people hit the summer mode, like the vacation mode. Yeah. And they're like, and back they to kinda, school, it's time to go fall, we're going to go at it again. Yeah, it's like their excitement for what the new year, like they get the new year, they get the new word from their pastor, they get new, new, new. Everyone hears that word new in January. And then it it fizzles out if you don't stay in that new and you like I mentioned yesterday about daily bread there's new and fresh stuff for us as believers every day every season and everything we're supposed to be productive and so that's kind of what my article was on is like people get into to fall 
and they go on cruise control. Right. They're just like autopilot. We're going to sit back. We're now the, the weather's changing. You know, God did great things this year. We're going to kind of just cruise into the new year. And then when the new year comes, then we'll believe God again. But I mean, I'm guaranteeing that there are things that you guys that are watching that have been believing for that God told you at the beginning of the year when you had great excitement that you haven't seen come to pass yet. And you have to remember, that's why he was been preaching this, this, uh, last two weeks about the fourth quarter and not, you know, pulling back off the gas pedal because it's not over yet. You haven't seen everything that God said he was going to do for right. this year. And you can't let a sucker punch from the world, like the coronavirus and things shutting down, throw you off. You exactly. can't let that stuff throw you off. When you have that firm foundation, you know, when someone is big and they get rocked with the punch, their, their feet are still planted. They're not going to get get moved. And that's how we have to be as a believer is when something like that happens this year. Why does why does God's word has to change? Right. He told you something being in the year that was supposed to come before the end of the year. Why? Why does he have to be put on the back burner? Right. Why does that word have to not come to pass? Because something in the world, they don't dictate what happens in my life. Right. They don't dictate what, what I get, what come my on. blessings are. I, I, I don't listen to them. I'm not of this world. Right. What they say doesn't go. They're not my boss. I'm hired by somebody else, and therefore I don't have to listen to them. They don't sign my paychecks. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's so true. You cannot allow the spirit of this world to dictate your productivity, uh, your faithfulness. Right. There's Pastor Lisa Alban. She said, amen. Um, but it's true. And so it when is you true. get into this, the, these last few months, we don't have to go into holiday mode. You can still enjoy your holidays, but right. still be Without running for the, the Lord and not, and not taking off the gas. Andrew has a great question. He said, how do you deal with that when it comes to youth to keep them pressing in? He's dealing with young people. How do you do that? Well, what we used to always do, we were youth pastors for, what, about eight years. And one of the things that we would do is that we would use the summertime. You know, a lot of times the kids are you know, falling off and just, this is my chill out time. You know, I'm sleeping in all day long, doing all my thing. What we would do is we would use the summertime to really push uh, soul winning and evangelistic events because, you know, now kids don't have a curfew to go home. It's, you know, it's, it's school tomorrow. Didn't have all that. Now we have the opportunity to really focus. And you remember we used to do events like the Burger Bash and we would do all these different yeah. things. Uh, one of the things that we would do, Andrew, I would schedule either once a month or once every two months a big evangelistic event for young people. One that we did every year was called the Burger Bash. And what I would do is I would say, get your friends, the friends that you know can eat the most and all this. And, I, and we'd give away great prizes, you know, whether it was like an Xbox, an iPod. It was always something nice, an iPad. And we would set up these huge, like, bunch of eight-foot tables in a long row. And then I'd have one of my leaders go to a McDonald's and buy like 500 burgers. We'd have like 500 burgers. Of course, you have to, by the way, you got to place that order early. You can't just go in and be like, I'll have 500 burgers. No, we'd call them, we'd plan it. And they'd bring back bags and bags and bags of burgers. And we'd pile them up on the tables all the way down the line. And then we'd have all of these young people come in. And uh, we pushed it hard. Invite your friends. We'd put things in their hands to get them there. Invite your friends, be a part of this. And we'd have tons and tons of young people show up to be a part of those special events 
And before that, any of that would happen, we'd have a service, of course. And of course, we'd do praise and worship. We'd preach. I'd pray for people. We'd have people saved because you, obviously you're drawing the unbeliever. We'd have people saved. We'd have people baptized in the Holy Ghost and all these things. And so we're using that. Summer's a great time that even though they're not in that work mode, you're still using uh, their excitement to produce for the kingdom. And so now, remember, we'd have all those young people come and, you know, there was kids that eat 27, 30 burgers. I mean, 27 burgers and just to win an iPod. <laughs> it's like, but what we were doing is we were using the, those, those, what we, the world considered downtime, you know, well, it's the summer we're laid back, but we were pressing in. And so you have to just come up with something and, from the Holy Ghost. And when you have services with the youth, don't, don't, I'm not saying you do this. I'm just saying like sometimes people will separate, well, kids services have to look like this. I have to do this. Have altar time. Have we always it where that. the anointing of God fills that place because that's what's going to draw them back. Right. You know what I mean? Like we did that fun stuff as a reward afterwards. You know, you want to hang out with them. You want to, you know, talk to them and, and show them, you know, kindness and you want to show them the blessing of God and how God provides and they, they get to win something awesome. But don't just come in and have a youth service and then that's it, a good talk. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. It's the, the anointing that's going to change. It's the, the miracles, the signs, the wonders. Yep. That's what's going to be stuck in their, their brain when they leave and want to come back. And if you have to have a youth service or you say, hey, even if it's not something you're putting on for the, the, you know, the whole city or whatever, for just your church, say, hey, we're going to have a three-night youth gathering and make it different. Tonight, we're going to be believing for being filled with the Holy Spirit. Tonight, we're going to do this and set a point of what you're going to do and let the Holy Spirit work. Because that's what's going to be when you have the tangible anointing of God. That's what's going to bring them back and keep them on fire because they're like, man, I like this feeling. Yeah. Well, it's like I look at Denise. She said, that's right. Youth want to experience God, not just hear about him. And when Glenn and Denise were uh, heading up the youth camp, we would do each year in New Hampshire. Um I mean, we always had phenomenal times of preaching, but the thing that really marked those services was the move of the Holy Ghost and the manifestations of God's power. And we'd, be, we'd have kids getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. We'd have kids falling out, I mean, running around the room, laughing in the spirit of, by the Spirit of God. I mean, the power of God would hit. And it's not like you say, well, you know, it's a bunch of kids around each other and that's their peers. They're not going to let God touch them. Let me tell you something. It was some of the most powerful services that we ever had with young people was there when we, and and I believe part of that too, is Glenn and Denise would always, always have, um, the young people praying before every service. They'd be outside praying in the Holy ghost, praying, pressing in. What does that do? Prepares your spirit for what God has. Let me ask you a question. Of course, coming back to the topic on hand today, comfort. It's not comfortable to go eat your dinner and then, you know, you've had your dinner and you know how they do it when you're at youth camp, they carb you up, man. It's like, it's like lasagna and bread or, you know, it's, it's, and then you're like tired after dinner. It's not comfortable to go out then and then spend the next 30, 40 minutes in intensive prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. But your flesh doesn't want to do that. Your flesh doesn't want to do that. But if you're going to have the breakthrough that you're believing for in the youth services or in any services, um, you know, you've got to go past what's comfortable to the flesh 
and do what the Bible says to do. And so I'm sure it wasn't comfortable for a lot of people to go out after dinner and gather and pray and pray in the Holy Ghost and press in and, you know, see what Holy Ghost is saying to you. But what it did is that pushing past your comfort level into your dedication level, it created experiences in the Holy Ghost that those people never forget. We had two of our young people in the revival this week, came all the way over from uh, New Hampshire, from the Concord area, and came all the way over uh, to be a part of the services on fire for God, God touching them, using them. And so I'm telling you, um, it makes a life-altering change. Absolutely. You never forget that stuff. And it's like, I remember when I was in youth group, you know, one of the things about my youth pastor that I really appreciated is that, um, you know, he, he wasn't trying to be the hip guy in town. He wasn't, you know, trying to, and there's nothing wrong with that. But one thing he always made sure that he did is made room for altar time. And so many people out of my youth group went to Bible school to become ministers. Why? Because it was ingrained in us to be in the anointing, be in the anointing. He let us flow, you know, who's got a song. Anybody got a song that you feel in your spirit, you want to sing. And he'd, he'd call out people and people would raise their hand and they would, you know, whatever the Lord put in their heart, they'd just start singing it. And then we'd all join in with them. He let the Holy ghost flow in those services. And it made a massive change in the lives of people. It's not comfortable to do that to your flesh. No. And if you're always shutting it down because you think it has to look a certain way, right? then then those kids would grow up feeling uncomfortable to allow the move of the Holy Spirit. Yep, absolutely. To, to Every, anything with Christianity is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be comfortable in your faith. You'll never move to a new level. You'll never, you'll, you, you, people get so comfortable in their faith they never step out of anything else. They never, they don't believe God for something big or, or they've always been comfortable in their faith at this level, you know, regarding healing. And then when something really needs to be out, they don't know how to handle it yeah. because they're not, you know, they've always just been on this level. We're good. You know, I got this down pat. I don't want to go any higher. But you, you, faith never has a cap on it. Right. So you can't say I'm good at this level because you can always be increasing. Yeah. You know, until the Lord returns, there's not this like ceiling of faith you just hit and you're like, well, I did it, guys. You know, I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. Faith lives in, you know, uncomfortability. You can't be in a comfort zone and say you live by faith. Well, that's the key. You think about it. Any faith action is going to be uncomfortable to the flesh. You're not going to take faith actions and your flesh be comfortable with it. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that anywhere through the Bible. It doesn't work like that through today. You know, when they, when, the, when they sent 12 spies into the promised land to look over the promise of God, it wasn't comfortable to look and see giants in the land and realize I'm on a stealth mission. If these giants even see me, we're dead. Right. And they come back. Why, why did they come back and give an evil report? Because it was uncomfortable for their flesh. And they listened to their flesh over the spirit. There were only two men that pushed past the flesh, Joshua and Caleb, but see the other 10 did not. And there is no, I mean, you think it was comfortable for David's flesh to walk out? I was just going to say that. I mean, in my mind, I was like picturing David, like walking out. That's not comfortable in your flesh to go face a giant as a teenager or a young man and say, you know, I don't even have a sword. I don't even have a shield, but I'm going to go fight that giant. That's a battle hardened warrior. That's not comfortable to your flesh. And speak up to him. Right. 
Well, like think, trash talk them. Think about this. You know, one of the <laughs> things that we we deal with, I, I talked a little bit about it last night. You you and I have always done this. Take something as simple and elementary as just your giving. You're giving to God. One thing that we noticed, my wife and I, is that anytime God was calling us higher to receive a greater level of blessing, it always takes a greater level of sowing. And so we always are very introspective about uh, our dedication to the Lord. So we remember, and of course it's continued, but man, first time we ever sowed a thousand dollars, right? And that was uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. We'd never done it at that level. It was like, man, this is like, you almost look at it like it's the pinnacle of where you're going to be in your life. Like, man, we sow that thousand and you know, we're when we get to that thousand sowing level, that's like the level. And what we realized that happened to us was that as we obeyed the Lord and did that and then did it again and then did it again, well, the Lord blesses you for your giving. So we got to a place where, hold on a second. Here's why you got to be introspective about your life. Hold on a second. Right. That doesn't feel the same anymore. You know, my wife even said to me, and she said it multiple times, she's come to me before our giving, and she'll say like, you know, it feels like we do this now all the time. It doesn't feel difficult anymore. It doesn't feel hard anymore. It doesn't feel uncomfortable anymore. You just got to the place where we just started doing it routinely. And you have to... You just, like you said, look introspectively because your, your flesh isn't going to say, Hey, yeah. you know, it's not, not going to tap you and be like, Hey, do you think you're doing enough? Do you think you're listening to the Lord? You right. actually have to make a conscious decision to look at it and yep. be like, wait a second, I'm doing this a lot. Whether right. Be giving anything. I'm doing this a lot and I'm not even thinking about it. When right. something becomes so faith doesn't make things hard like you say it makes things easy but you have to pay attention to the easy because when you start feeling like everything's so easy it's right. easy to give this it's, it's easy, easy to your easy flesh to yeah when it's easy to your flesh that's when you have to stop and think and Take look stock. and be like wait a second i need to go yep. to new levels and how can i get to new levels yeah. same and, thing and that's what we did we had to yeah and things with healing you know There's stuff for me that I had to make a decision and be like, okay, I need to do this because it's going to, once I accomplish it, you know, whether it be something I'm believing for, if it's something as little as, you know, not taking Tylenol, you know, running to the pharmacy for the next thing, I'm going to stand my ground and succeed at that. And then it makes me feel like, well, I've conquered that mountain. I can go to the next one. So when something else comes to me, comes to my kids, I did it already. I can do this again. And then that becomes easy. So faith makes things easy in your life, especially things he's redeemed you from. But you have to look at it and make sure that it's, you know, uncomfortable to your flesh. So you can't, you can't muddy the waters and be like, well, it's easy for my spirit, you know, and not easy for my flesh. You have to make sure that's separated because faith will make it easy for your spirit but it makes it uncomfortable for your flesh. And it should be. Mm-hmm. Your mom said, oh Absolutely. my goodness, that's exactly what dad and I were just talking about. We're watching you do. <laughs> and so it's true. I mean, you, you start to think about it. So what do you do? The thing, watch this now. The thing that makes you grow is resistance. That's the thing that makes you grow. 
Think about working out. Think about lifting weights. Think about running. Well, you cannot bench press the same weight for 20 years and expect your muscles to grow. Your muscles will get used to it. You can only go so far at that level of weight. You know, you can't just decide, like you might be in a place where you're out of shape and you say, you know what, I'm gonna walk today. I'm gonna walk around my block three times and I'm gonna walk for 20 minutes. Okay, well that's good. But the thing is, as you're losing weight, as you're getting into shape, 20 minutes of walking is not gonna do the same thing for you anymore. It might've been where you started, but now maybe you move to an hour of walking. Maybe you move to running. Maybe you move to jogging. Um, you know, whatever it might be. It's a different level of resistance. It's a different level. You know, one of the things that I, I noticed when I started walking years ago, you know, with these Apple watches, you can quickly uh, monitor what your uh, heart rate is, the beats per minute of your heart. And I looked at myself, like, especially when I was really out of shape, and I would walk, man, and just walk. And I'd look down and I'd see, man, my heart rate jumps up quickly just from walking. But then as I did it more and more and more, because, you know, I had a goal that I wanted to hit with my heart rate. And I looked down and I was like, man, I'm doing the same walk and my heart rate's not coming up anymore. Like, what's up with that? Well, I realized like the same level of resistance doesn't do the same thing for my heart like it used to do. So what did I have to do? Walk faster or incorporate intervals. Jog, then walk. Jog, then walk. If I want that heart rate to go, why? It's the resistance. You have to continually get into resistance because walking, it started out, I would get winded. Like I was really, I was really overweight. I would get winded fast, but then like I could walk fast, like walk four and a half miles an hour, like speed walk. And I wouldn't even get winded anymore. It would take a long time. So I was like, man, there's, that's a sign. That's a sign. If the resistance isn't there, if I'm not feeling that pushback, if my heart rate's not going up, it's not doing the same thing for me. It's time to go to another level, which means then you've got to incorporate other things. It's the same in your giving, say, with healing. If the flesh is not being buffeted, here's the key. Because see, your flesh, Galatians 5.17, Paul, Paul wrote this. The flesh is constantly at war with the spirit, fighting so that the spirit cannot do what it wants to do. But Paul said this, and I want you to go there with us. First Corinthians chapter nine, we reference this scripture, scripture often, uh, but Paul makes the, makes the distinction here that he has to decide on a daily basis to buffet his flesh. Listen to this. First Corinthians nine twenty seven. but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So understand Paul, what Paul's saying. He doesn't keep his body in a place of comfort. He disciplines it and keeps it under control. Well, that's uncomfortable to your body. Do you think fasting and prayer are comfortable to the flesh? Your flesh screams at you. Eat something. Eat something. Your flesh doesn't like it. Like literally you can hear an audible voice from your stomach. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> your flesh doesn't like it. And so the key being, it doesn't matter if your flesh likes it or not. That's not what the, that's not the point. Is God pleased with your actions? Is the Holy Spirit pleased because you're obeying his leading? Your flesh doesn't want to, but your spirit does. 
but it's uncomfortable to your flesh, uncomfortable. And so the resistance is there. There's no growth without resistance, no growth, no growth. And so I love uh, brother Daryl said, comfort is a place where no faith is required. That's exactly true. Comfort. And those of you watching, put it into the comments section. Excellent quote, brother Daryl. Comfort is a place where no faith is required. See, because here's the thing. If you can do it on your own, you don't need the help of God. Right. If I can accomplish it, why would I need God's spirit to help me? Why would I need the power of God? Why would I need the anointing if I can do it in my flesh? And so that's why we stay dependent upon the spirit of God. And Paul said, I stay in a place of being uncomfortable daily. One translation says, I buffet my body. I buffet or I beat it. He's talking about beating it into submission. And that's the key. Comfort's a place where no faith is required. And so what we've done is we've always stayed introspective. Does this still take faith? Are we still operating in faith or is this something where, see, because here's, here's what happens. Let me give you an, ex, uh, an analogy with using my hands. Here is, if you're, if you're pushing towards a goal, you will always have ability level and then your goal level. So like if your ability level is above your goal, then you can easily accomplish anything you want to do. It'd be like me saying, you know what, today, I'm just going to believe God that when I get out of bed today, I can tie my own shoes with no help from anybody. I mean, no help from my wife, my parents, mom and dad. I'm going to put my own shoes on at 38 years old and tie those shoes with no help. Well, doesn't take any faith. Doesn't even take, there's no resistance. I've been doing it for years. I've been doing it for at least three years. But it doesn't take any help. See why? My ability level is far above my goal level. It would be like if I want to say, I'm going to, get, I'm going to become a better basketball player, so I'm going to go down to the second grade elementary school and play against the second graders on the court. I'm going to cross them up. I'm going to take them to the hole. I'm going to dunk on them. It's like, that's not, that's not, here's my ability level. Here's my goal level. But when you flip that, you say, you know what? I'm going to accomplish great things for God. But see, my fleshly ability levels down here, I'm stretching to hit. And I need the assistance of the Holy Spirit. I need the power of God. I need to look and say, is this taking faith? Because if I can't do it in myself, but I'm pushing towards a goal, I need God's help. Means I need to use faith. I don't have what it takes. I need him. I need him to help me. If I can't get his help, I won't accomplish the goal. So it makes my flesh uncomfortable because without him, I can't do it. I'm I'm like, I'm stepping out into something. Think about this. I'm stepping out into something that I know I can't accomplish and making the decision. I'm going to do it and believing that God's going to meet me at my point of faith and it's going to become accomplished. It's like when you, it's like when, um, I, I told the story the other day when Lester Sumrall stood before the government for the plane, for the plane and asked, cause he was, he was launching feed the hungry to feed the, the hungry around the world that we still partner with. And he knew he needed a cargo plane to get that food all over the world. He couldn't keep using ships, cargo ships. It was taking too long, weeks to get across the ocean to other nations. But the problem was the C-130 cargo plane was still classified 
technology with the government. It was, a, it was a military plane. He stood before the government and asked them to declassify the plan so he could buy a C-130 cargo plane. He was the first civilian to ever own one. You know what the problem was? The moment he stood before them and asked them to declassify it, somebody asked him, how much money did you have saved up to buy that plane? He said, zero dollars. So now I'm asking for the ability to buy one. I got no money to buy one, which means if I'm going to get it, God's going to have to help me. And God, see, that's why God doesn't tell you every single thing that's going to be in your future. You have to trust him and walk out into your future. It's like my father always says, the gifts of the spirit are like headlights on a car. The farther you drive, the more you can see. The farther you drive, the more you can see. You don't see, you know, when you take off from your driveway to go on a trip, it could be nighttime, you can't see the entire path to the destination from from looking out your windshield. You got to keep driving. And the headlights cast a light ahead of you. You might be able to see hundreds of yards down the road if there's no turns, but you got to keep driving in order to keep illuminating the path in front of you. And the faith is, you know, of course, we know there's road there, but what if you were driving on a place that was near cliffs? You're just driving believing <laughs> this, this road's not going to come to an end and my car go off the edge of a cliff. But see, it's the driving that helps you see. You've got to keep moving forward in order to know. And this is where many people miss it. Um, when we were talking about this this morning, I have this C.S. Lewis quote that I really liked because when you think about it, what he's saying is, you know, when we become saved, we're not supposed to just sit back right. and do nothing. We've got to work out our faith. We have to work out our Christianity. And there's things for us to do. Christianity is, you know, it's time to get a job done. Yeah. It's getting hired at a good job and a good position. It's, it's got work to do. So C.S. Lewis said this, I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. That's exactly right. I don't recommend don't, Christianity if you're looking for comfort. Because it, it's, it, you can't live for the Lord in the comfort zone. Nope. There's no faith in the comfort zone. Zero. Love Zero you, Joel. faith. And so without faith, it's impossible, it's impossible to, please, to God. please God. And we have to live by faith. Our whole goal in life yeah. is to please the Lord. Yeah, I want you to write this in the comment section. I cannot please God if my flesh is comfortable. Put it in the comments. I cannot please God if my flesh is comfortable. Can't. I cannot. It is impossible to please the Lord if my flesh is comfortable. And you know, we, we were talking about this on the way over. Um, Matthew 26, if you want to put it in your notes or turn to it in your Bible. But Matthew 26, we've got this passage of scripture where Jesus has taken his disciples into the garden uh, to pray. And um, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, of course, is praying before his capture and crucifixion, and he wanted his disciples to pray also, pray with him, told them, watch and pray. And um, the Bible says that, that he came back, and this is verse 40, 
Matthew 26, 40. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation for the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed. And then again, he came back and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. And he came to the disciples and said to them, sleep and take your rest. <laughs> they couldn't hang. But let me ask you a question. Forget it. Go to sleep. <laughs> Here's the real question. Why did they keep falling asleep? Here's the question. Why? Obviously, it was displeasing to Jesus because he rebuked them. Watch and pray. Wake up. Wake up and pray. So here's the question. Why did they fall asleep? They fell asleep because they put their flesh in a place of comfort. You can't fall asleep if you're still moving around. If you're walking around this church praying, you can't fall asleep walking around. You can't fall. I mean, it'd be very, very hard for you to be standing up at the altar praying and fall asleep. Most likely, you know what they did? They laid down. They stopped. They sat down. They laid down. They stopped. Put their flesh in a place of comfort. And then when they should have been praying, guess what? Their eyes just, as the Bible says, started getting heavy. Yeah. And they went out. When you stop, it's easy to be comfortable. Can't stop. You can't stop moving forward. You can't stop standing. Paul said, after having done all to stand, stand therefore. Can't, you can't stop moving forward. You can't stop standing. You cannot afford to put your flesh in a place of comfort. Right. Because what happens is, as the Bible says, there, is people, there are people that have gone to sleep. They've gone to sleep. And you cannot go to sleep when you're pressing for the greater. Right. Um, you had some passages in Proverbs. Well, you had Psalm 1 up. Because when you were talking about stopping, how they stopped, you can't be somebody, like it mentions if, if um, the ones who are sitting here today and watching, if you go to Psalm 1 and you read that first chapter, it's so powerful because it shows you that in every season there should be production. Right. So in every season, just like when I was talking at the beginning where, you know, people get into fall and it's a new season and they feel like, okay, we're going we're gonna to cruise ramp it control. Down. We're yeah. just, you know, we're getting into pumpkin spice lattes and blankets. <laughs> and, you know, the, the whole, she's like looking back there. She's like, I like pumpkin spice lattes. Yes. <laughs> but you're working. So see, you're good. You're in the, you're in the good zone. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it gets you to a place where you feel like, okay, well, I can relax now. I'm going to get my Uggs on. I'm going to get my blanket on and the fireplace on. And we're just going to cruise control into the new year. When my pastor gives me the word, then I'll ramp it back up with prayer and fasting. But those people aren't going to be productive in every season. Yep. Production is somebody who's moving. Production is someone who is getting the mind of Christ to find out what we're supposed to be doing next what God has for you. And this is at any age, mm -hmm. every age of your life, we are to be productive for the kingdom of God. It doesn't end when, you know, people get into retirement mode and it doesn't end just because you're 11 and 12 years old. God speaks to all of us 
It's not like the mind of Christ and God ideas start at 21 and end at 50. You know what I mean? Right. You always feel like, well, there's only this time period that I have things to do for the Lord. No. We have to get out of the comfort zone at any age. You know, the things I teach my kids, I'm getting them out of their comfort zone to be kingdom builders, to be soul winners. And so it takes pushing you into yep. something. And then even when you get into older age, same thing, constantly doing something for the Lord. It doesn't end until, you know, we're going up in the rapture. Exactly true. <laughs> it, production does not end. It should not end. I look at the, we were looking at this verse on the way over today, Proverbs chapter six. Look at what uh, the writer of Proverbs said, Proverbs six, six. Actually, you know what? Uh, let's go back to verse four. It says, give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Uh, and then it goes on to say, save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, O sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise without having any chief officer or ruler she prepares her bread in summer, gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? Then look at verse 10. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And guess what? Poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Catch this proverb, so powerful. Sin, if you, wa- if you watch the ant... They don't need somebody to drive them to be productive. Hey, you're late for work today. Where you been? You need to get to work on time. Actually, we're going to send you to the boss's office. The manager wants to talk to you. He's not happy with your... They don't need someone driving them and driving them and driving. They just have their way set. I'm going to work in the summer. I'm going to gather in the fall. I'm going to... And they keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Without anybody. It says no officer, chief, no ruler above them saying, get to work, get to work. They are self-motivated creatures. They understand how it works. Hey, JD, anytime you want to go be a troll on someone else's Facebook page, feel free because I'm sick of seeing your name. I know, J- JD's like lost his mind. Sick I don't know what in the name. world. Get off of my broadcast. J- JD's like somewhere in like a dark room scribbling into a composition notebook with a marker. Can't even have coherent sentences and doesn't even know what he's talking about. Oh, what in the world he's doing having a mental breakdown on my broadcast. Anyway. The saint, the Lord. Out of his mind. Anyway. The Lord rebuke thee. (laughs) Who the heck talks like that? I know. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Go pull your Superman whitey tighties back up and go to your mom's room and let her make you breakfast. Anyway. Okay. Um... (laughs) The Bible says, Back consider to the why. Actual Bible why are God. we considering the ant? A self motivated creature that does not need prodded and poked and pushed. Right. And that's what, that's what the writer of Proverbs is saying by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Be that person. Be the person that nobody has to sit around and always be telling you to produce, always be telling you to press in, always be telling you to work harder. No. Do it as unto the Lord. See, if, you, if everything you do is done as unto the Lord, then guess what? You will treat your job. You won't look at your boss and say, well, I don't like him. He treats me bad. He always says things to me that are inappropriate. And he's always harassing me. Instead of saying, well, I'm uncomfortable. 
Treat it like at your job, Jesus is the one who hired you. Jesus is the one you're working for. Because if you're a Christian, that's what the Bible says you are doing. Everything I do, I do is under the Lord. I don't care how my boss treats me because he's not my provider. Oh, hallelujah. He's not the one that's governing my life. It's Christ that is my master. And so the reason that the people of God walk in excellence is because what we're doing, it's like Jesus is standing right in front of me and that I am working directly for him. If I'm a waitress at a restaurant, of course, I would be a waiter, like, but I'm saying like, I'm talking about those that are that waitresses. Good on you. <laughs> if you're a waitress at a restaurant, you're going to have uh, tables that treat you wrong. You're going to have some that leave no tip. You're going to have some that are demanding. You're going to have some that are angry. You're going to have some that are rude. But if you were to serve that table, like every person sitting in every chair was Jesus, you would never talk harshly to Jesus. You would never lose your patience with Jesus. You would never yell at Jesus. See, and so no matter what your job is, no matter what you do, see what, it, what does your flesh want to do? Your flesh wants to retaliate. Who do you think you're talking to? Your flesh wants to freak out because it's comfortable for your flesh to do whatever it wants to do. <laughs> but what does your spirit man want to do? Your spirit man wants to please the Lord. It's uncomfortable for your flesh to walk in love and to restrain and walk in joy and walk in peace. That's uncomfortable. But see, if you want to go higher, you do what the Bible says to do and you live as under the Lord. And when you do that, very important to see this, you're a self-motivated person. I don't need somebody there driving me saying, treat everybody nice, say nice things. No, no. You push towards what God has planned for your life without being driven to do it. Right. See, that's, that's the thing is when people, when people make a decision that I will not let my flesh run me. See, that's really what we're talking about. Comfort is something your flesh craves, craves. What does your flesh like to do? Eat all it wants to eat, eat whatever it wants to eat never exercise, never work out, say what it wants to say, treat people the way it feels like treating people. All these things, your flesh wants to seek out comfort in those ways. That's why if you're going to do what's pleasing unto the Lord, it will definitely make your flesh uncomfortable. And, you know, let, let me just break it down and say it this way, and you can put it in the comments. Your ultimate goal in life should not be comfort. It should be production. That's the key. Put it in, put it in the comments. My goal should not be comfort. My goal should be production. If you think your ultimate goal should just be total comfort, I just want to be lying on a beach somewhere. I just want to be in a hammock with people feeding me grapes and bringing me drinks and putting my feet up. That might be nice for a day. I couldn't live like that for more than a day. Because, you know, they've even proven that if you don't feel like you are producing anything or moving forward or accomplishing, it destroys even the human psyche. You feel like, you know how quickly you'd get bored living like that? You know how quickly you would get uh, to a place where depression would set in on you? And 
you got nothing going on in your life. You're just resting all the time. That's a horrible life. That's a horrible life. The thing that pushes people forward, you know why? God created the human mind. He created the human spirit. He created the human body. The thing that pushes people forward. You know how good you feel when you accomplish your goal? You know how good you feel when you accomplish your task? Yeah. Like, man, I did that. God helped me. I'm, I'm moving forward. You know, when you feel and see yourself advancing in life, you feel that sense of accomplishment, that's fulfillment. That's designed us. Exactly. When you step out of the design of how God created you to be, that's, that's right. That's that's why it would drive people nuts. That's exactly right. Because he, I mean, all throughout the Bible, it talks about how you are to be producing something, right? We're always supposed to say, you know, producing fruit, producing this production. We just read in Psalm one. You're always yep. supposed to be producing. That's right. And so when you're out of the design yep. of how God created you, that's why when he preaches on how our body, you know, when it talks about uh, the anointing breaks every yoke and, you know, you, you can carry this heavy burden and how it, it, you know, you don't see people's heavy burdens physically, but what does it do? It gives a, it, it ruins your body. You can see the outward appearance right. of what weighs on people's minds, right? They get stressed, their anxiety, then their body gets sick and broken down. Well, that's why when he preaches how our bodies aren't um, designed to carry burdens, because that's how the Lord always talks about casting your cares to that's him. That's right. You know, he doesn't have, he doesn't need you to give a list of what they are and describe them. He just said, give them. So an easy push right to him. So we're not designed once again to carry burdens. We're designed to carry the blessings of God. That's why the other night when, when that guy came in, the gang member that got saved, he, first thing he told Ted after service was like, when you prayed for me, it felt like what? A thousand pounds. A thousand pounds lifted. So our bodies are made to carry the blessings of God. Our bodies are created to walk in the healing of God. Right. Our bodies are created to house the power of God because that's what he said when he left on the earth. You'll do these things and greater. And in Luke, I've given you all the power. So our bodies are designed and, and, ha and built to house certain things. And so when we don't have that and we're not doing it, then that's when you become, like you said, frustrated, depressed. You know, all these things start feeling awkward in your body, awkward in your mind. Your mind, you know, starts to diminish, you know, different things because it's not how we're designed. When we get out of the design of how God created us to be, that's, right. that's when it doesn't work. Yeah, you're, you're created to move forward. Created to advance. Right. The path, this is Proverbs 4.18, if you don't know it. Oh, J.D. I know, it's J bad news for you. J.D. can he, actually take my no, name he, out of the book of life? Yeah, he blotted, wow, no, he I didn't know him and God were like this. Wow. No, he blotted our names Man. out of the book of life. Wow. We He's, just found out in the comments, guys, bad news. J.D.'s names have been blotted out of the book of life. I blot your names from the book of life and on the last day. He'll not raise us up from the fiery furnace. It is written. Oh, wow. J.D. <sighs> And that, so I'm sorry to, there. sorry oh. to let you know this, wow. but hmm. you've been blotted out, well, Carolyn. I'm just going to go home now. You've been blotted Forget out. Forget tonight. I don't um, <laughs> what's the point of even coming to the last night yeah. of revival? What's the point? Um, <laughs> I attract mental patients on my bride. I don't know what it is. He, um, he, he probably is watching from a ward. I wouldn't be very, surprised. Very possible. Yeah. In a padded room. Yeah. But one of, one of the things that's interesting, Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just is a shining light. What does it shine? Brighter, brighter and brighter. brighter. 
until the perfect day. So that shows you that never ending increase is the story of the believer. What do we go from faith unto faith, from victory unto victory, right? Grace unto grace, not turmoil to turmoil, crisis to crisis, problem to problem. That's not the story. We go from faith unto faith. And so understand this. God's desire is that we steadily move forward. If we're not doing that, frustration will will set in. If you stay in the same place for too long. See, here's the thing that people don't get. Stagnant. There is no such thing as neutral in the kingdom of God. You're only moving forward or you're moving backward. There's no, there's not, you can't stay in the same place. You're either moving forward, you're producing. Right. Or you're moving backward. And here's how you know it's true. The parable of the talents in Matthew 25, that wicked servant, later he was called the wicked servant because he buried his talent in the ground and he thought he was maintaining. He thought, I'm just going to stay where I am until the master comes back. So he was under a false, uh, um, well, it was really a delusion. Because he thought, well, here's what I'll do. Because I know my master, he's a hard master. He reaps where he doesn't sow. And, and you know, he's always looking for production. I don't want to lose his money, his talents. So I'm just going to bury them in the ground. Yeah. And when he comes back, I'll just give him back the same thing he gave me. Thinking he could maintain. Thinking he could be a neutral. But when the master returned, wasn't good. he rewarded the first two servants. <laughs> well done. You had five, now you gave me back 10. Well done, you had two, you gave me back four. What do you got, third servant? Well, I knew you were a hard man. So I took your talent and I buried it in the ground. Here's your talent back. He said, you wicked and lazy servant. Yeah. You wicked. He didn't call it. He said, wicked. You don't want the Lord to say that to you. And then he said, take what was given to him and give it to the one who has 10 and then take this servant and cast him into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, there is no maintenance mode. Right. There is no neutral. There's either moving forward or losing ground. Well, I mean, we all know when you, when you just sit there, stagnant. It's like dirty water. It, things grow. It's nasty. It starts to smell. You can't have pond scum on a rushing river. No, and the, all the Word of God talks about being planted by rivers and rivers and what's going to flow out of you, rivers. And so you can't have that stagnant, smelly, stopping, I think I'm just going to hoard what I have now and I'm just going to keep and, and not. I mean, none of that is operating in the kingdom of God. The kingdom is all about multiplication. Yep. You can't multiply when you did what he did. You don't want, you want the Lord to praise you. You don't want the Lord to cast you into darkness. I want to hear well done. Exactly. Not get out. (laughs) Yeah, right? And so you can't be that stagnant, stinky Christian because that's exactly what we'll do. You'll start smelling gross. You smell gross. You will smell foul if you aren't in production. You see the stagnancy. You can see where people stopped obeying the Lord because they literally look like the year they stopped obeying. They're still dressing in the year they stopped obeying. Like we've gone places and we're like, well, we know where the move. No last time you had a move of God. Yeah, (laughs) there's some churches back in the, when we first started off in uh, traveling and you went there and you're like, 
Well, we know when the last move of God was because it's evident in the dated. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is, that, that's what happens to people. And you think we're just joking, but it truly happens is that that was their glory day. Yep. And so they never let it go. They don't move forward into what's current. They don't move forward what's new. They're not, they're not still pushing. They're just hanging out in what was their best day of their yeah. life. They still look like 1992 because that's when they had a move. And that's where, oh, we're staying. That's where I'll tell you, it was not like it was in the good old days. I remember back and in 1984, the we had a revival. Have come back around with their clothes. You still look outdated. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like it, because <laughs> some 90s stuff is cool, you know. This, yeah, sure. But, but, I, it, but it you can still tell. Sorry, you're outdated. You're two 90s. <laughs> you're not the fashion 90s anymore. You're two 90s. <laughs> you're Screech from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> uh, but, but, here's the, but here's the problem. The problem is, is they got caught up in the last thing they ever obeyed from the Lord. And then they stayed there. Thinking, see, this is why I'm telling you it's dangerous to ever feel like you have arrived. You know, I don't even care. When my GPS tells me that, when I get to this, you have arrived. I rebuke it. Shut I have not arrived. This is not my final day. Hallelujah. No, we've never arrived. We're always moving forward. Always moving forward. Always moving forward. Today is yes. the lowest I'll ever be. That's right. I don't care how blessed I am right now. It's the lowest I'll ever be. Absolutely. Tomorrow I'll be greater than I am today. Next week I'll be greater than I am right now. Next month I'll be far greater than I am right now. This is the lowest I'll ever be because it's never ending increase. Never stops pushing forward. Power of God. Power of God keeps you moving forward. And comfort is a killer. Comfort's a killer. The devil wants to keep you coddled and comfortable so you never take any actions. That's a dangerous thing. I'm not going to sleep when I should be praying. I'm not going to sleep when I should be fasting. I'm not going to sleep when I should be preaching. I'm not going to sleep when I should be working. That's right. Why? That's exactly what the devil the wants to wants. put you to sleep, rock you to sleep so that you sleep through your... That's why this proverb says that. A little folding of the hands, a little sleep, a little slumber, and poverty will pounce on you like an armed man. I refuse to sleep when I should be praying, sleep when I should be fasting, sleep when I should be working, sleep when I should be preaching, sleep when I should be pressing in. I'm not going to allow it to happen. I'm not going to allow it to happen. I'm going to press into the power of God. And then you won't, and then you won't be blindsided. Yep. So like when what happened this year and we got off the road and we had words we were standing on, you know, our ministry is a traveling ministry, travel shut down, but you, we kept moving forward. It wasn't like, well, you know what? Everything's shut down. It's quarantine. So this, we're going to vacation. Some let's, of the best breakthroughs we've ever had in the history of our just, ministry happened during the lockdown. Yeah, let's just sit back. We're going to enjoy our family time, do a lot of, you know, bike riding and things like that. No, it was him every day, Twice two a day. days, uh, 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 two times a day for like 30 days. Preaching. I mean, and then, and then you never stopped after that. But I'm just saying like, there was no comfortability in what was happening with the world because they did not dictate. They don't tell us what to do. That's right. They don't tell they us. They don't determine our productivity. What to do. That's why a lot of stuff that was happening and what they've been trying to do to the churches has like extremely ticked me off because I would go through the Bible in the morning and be like, these are the things they're telling us we're not allowed to do. 
We're not allowed to touch people. We're not allowed to breathe without a mask. We're not allowed to be close to people. We can't sing. And then I went through the Bible and I just found verses and stories and wrote them all out. I had one uh, in my notebook called Breath. And it was all the things that God did with his breath, how he had to breathe on people, how he can't do that when they're telling you you got to wear a mask. Can't do that when they're telling you can't be close to people. How do you lay hands on the sick when you're allowed, when you have to socially distance? Then I went through on in my, my, my notebook and it was like all touching everything that needed people needed where Jesus touched, regardless of what the government said, regardless of this. Social distancing. They, people, they don't want people in your home. Listen, the Bible commanded me to open my home up to people who needed it. To open my home up to be a hostess. To open my home up to people who needed a place to stay. So, you know, I, I was like so ticked through the whole thing because it was a, it was a contradiction of everything the Bible tells me how I'm yeah. supposed to be. And so I did everything the opposite. The complete opposite. I had so many people fly down to visit me. I was like, I live in Florida. Anybody want to come down? I don't care what people are saying. Right. I think I had the most visitors this year <laughs> during right. quarantine. That's right. And blessing them. And my house is a house of healing. My house is a house of peace and of joy. And I wasn't going to let the world tell me and dictate what I was moving forward. And when they came down, we were touching them. Kept on touching. I mean, I have several restraining orders now, but th- th- it was powerful. No, uh, it was. You know what I mean? It, like, it was. It was full fellowship. We weren't them. stopping because yeah. of what the government said. No. I didn't stop laying hands on people. Nope. In services because well, we got to socially distance. You're not being responsible. Oh, really? Let me ask you a question, genius. If you think the pa- the reason we lay hands on people is to see them healed. You think God's going to say, well, you actually transferred a sickness onto him when you laid it. You think you're going to operate in faith? You're going to act in faith and do and obey what the word of God yeah. tells you to do. And then instead of actual healing coming, God's going to allow sickness to be transferred through your touch. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I actually had to turn people away from coming to visit because I already had so many people coming to visit. Because I get ornery. A little bit. I, the I, enemy I, tells just me a I little can't bit. do something, I will admit. And so when they said, you can't do this, you can't do that, I was like, oh, really? I'll do oh, it really? twice. I'm going to do it twice as much. But that's how you have to get. That's how you move forward. That's how you get out of the comfort zone. It's comfortable to <laughs> this comply. Is, this is Carolyn. Don't touch that water. What do you mean, this water right here? <laughs> Don't touch this water? That's, that's my wife. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, they don't, if I listen to what they told us to do, we wouldn't have what we have now that God told us at the word at the beginning of the year to stand for. If we, if they told us, slow down, take it easy. We're all taking a break. We're all going to do this. You can't do that. I wouldn't have what God told us that we're going to have. And like I said at the beginning, I don't work for you. I work for him. He's my boss. That's where I get my instruction from. And that's what I'm going to do. When everybody else was quoting Romans 13, I was quoting Acts 529. Well, you got to just get in there and just be, be very obedient to the authorities. You know, my, I was quoting Acts 5, we must obey God rather than men. Explain to me, at what point in the Old or New Testament did government mandates tell righteous people, don't pray to the king, don't pray to God, pray to the king, Daniel. You can only pray to the king. 
He said, well, you know, it is a government mandate. I'm just going to go ahead and do what the government, no. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, bow to the statue. Well, you know, the government did mandate that we bow to the statue and worship only the king. No, they refused to bow. He refused to pray to the king. You go all the way through. It doesn't matter. Whole Old Testament, New Testament is about people rebelling against wicked orders, obeying God and God applauding and God uh, protecting them, bringing them out and blessing them. Because people didn't think it was a big deal. But like you just said, wicked orders. That's why when they gave those orders, it was wicked because it went against everything in the Bible that it told us as Christians to behave and to do. Wickedness. When you think about it, people think, oh, what's no big deal? We don't have to touch for, you know, a couple months. We don't have to go to church. We don't have to go to church. We don't really have to sing, you know, because whatever, spit. It's like, hello, first of all, germs have been around since the end of time. It's like they're floating particles in the air. Listen, go like this. I just breathed in a bunch of germs. They were mine. I'm okay. They were my cooties. This is not the first virus, and it won't be the last virus. So wake up, Christians. Psalm 91, believe it or not. Believe it or not. It's yeah, not half believe it or many not. Many don't believe it. <laughs> they it, should just remove it from their Bible because you know they, they do? don't believe it. They make a, a graphic and that's their belief. I have more faith in the graphic of their font and color design than they do in actual Psalm 91. They'll post it. They'll say it. But, you know, you they don't, don't believe it. it. So your living it is shown by how you act in your non-comfort zone. Yeah, that's exactly right. Don't allow the pursuit of comfort to kill your productivity in the kingdom of God. There's nothing that's worth having that comes through comfort. Anything worth having comes through dedication, through faithfulness, which is uncomfortable to your flesh. Stretching always is uncomfortable. Just like when he brought up the working out earlier, well, you add more weight, what happens? You feel it. Your muscles are sore the next day. Right. But as you do that weight over and over again, what happens? you get stronger and your those you're muscles growing. don't hurt anymore. But then you add more weight. OK, well, now your muscles are going to start hurting again. So it, that feeling goes away. But when that feeling goes away, don't stay in that nice feeling. Go to the next level. Absolutely. Where you start feeling it again. It has to be. And before we pray, let me say this. We have to make up our minds. My pursuit, ultimately, is not to be comfortable. That's what, can I tell you one of the dangerous things I see happen? That's why the Bible says, Jesus said this, it is hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The reason he said that is not because riches are wrong. It's not because it, God doesn't want you blessed. It's because a person without God who already has their needs met is in a place of comfort and they don't think they need any help. Why, why do I need to, I'm a good, you know, I'm blessed. I got all these things. And Jesus said, see, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven because they think they've got it made. They think they've got everything together. Isn't it sad to you that it takes sometimes a detrimental thing for people to turn to God? Isn't it sad that sometimes it takes disaster to shake people up and turn them to God. And that happens. Why? Because what what takes place during disaster? It shakes your flesh out of comfort mode. You go into survival mode. You go into panic mode. And you're like, I need help. I I need help. And, And what happens is it 
it throws in front of your face the fact that you're a finite being that can come to an end like that. People start, you see people dying, tragedy happens, terrorist attacks, whatever it might be. And you see how fragile life is and know that you don't have it made. You need help from God. And people experience loss and it shouldn't have to in order to turn to God. But many times that's what it takes for people because they're so set in their comfort that they don't think they need the power of God in their life. The key is, and I'll give you this before we pray for you, because this is something I learned that I'd never thought of before that I heard a preacher preaching about. He said, God doesn't just check in on you to see how you're doing and how you handle crisis situations. You know, we, we preach a lot about that. When the devil's attacking, you keep praising God. You keep confessing the word. You keep standing in faith. And God does look at that. How are you reacting when the devil's attacking? How are you acting in a crisis? How are you acting in a time of trouble? But the preacher said this. He said, God's also checking in on you to see how you handle victory. If you're in the victory, if you've got the victory, if you've defeated the attack, if you're walking in that place of overcoming righteousness, God will check in when you're blessed and see, are they still fasting and praying even though they don't need a miracle to survive? Right. Isn't it funny how people change? That somebody in their family gets diagnosed with a disease or they find out there's something bad coming or whatever. They get, they're in church every week. They're at the altar crying out to God. They're lifting their hands. They're singing every song. They're giving right. them the offering. They're fasting and praying. And then you question, when everything's fine, when everything's going well, are you still pressing in? Are you still fasting and praying? Right. Are you still praising God? Are you still giving? Are you still at the altar? Right. Are you still crying unto the Lord? See, God checks on you to see how you react right. when things are going well. That's the true test of a dedicated believer. Will you stay and keep your flesh in an uncomfortable place when everything's going good, when everything's going well? That's right. And, that, and that, that is how God looks at you. He wants to know you're still depending upon him yeah. even though there's no crisis. And See, because thanking him during yeah. times like we'll, we'll, we'll in months, I and, do that on purpose. Say, Thank you, Lord, that my family has remained healed. Yep. No virus has touched it. Oh yeah. I come we, through. You know, we, we say this with our kids. We thank the Lord constantly. We thank the Lord for heal every night. I'm thanking the Lord and we pray for my kids aren't sick. I don't need to bring up healing to them. They're not sick, but I make sure they know that that's what we're thanking the Lord for. That's right. Asking the Lord to continue to keep us safe, you know, bringing that up to them in their mind so they know it's a daily remembrance yep. that it's not just in crisis mode we start bringing out our prayers of healing and, right. and for financial breakthrough and to get free from fear and anxiety. It's a constant thing that they hear daily. And that's what I'll do. We'll come to the end of a month and instead of, you know, I don't have, I didn't have to pray for healing this month. But you know what I'll do? I'll still press in in prayer and you know, I'll walk and I'll say, Father, I thank you that September came to an end and no sickness touched my children. No sickness touched my wife. No sickness touched my body. I thank you that you're our healer even when we're well. I thank you that you're our healer even when there's nothing attacking our flesh. I thank you, Lord, that we came to another month and you brought us through September and no attack touched our finances. That we didn't go bankrupt. That we didn't have to die, you know, 
fall into extreme uh, financial pressure and problems. I thank you, Lord, that we came through the month of September. No, no depression hit my mind. No anxiety came upon my life. We're all walking in joy, walking in peace, walking in patience. I thank you, Lord, that your hand of protection was around us. No calamity touched us in the month of September. I thank you no danger came near our dwelling place, no evil thing. I thank you that your angels protected us. I mean, you could have had the best month of your life. It doesn't mean your prayer life stops. Start thanking on another level that thank God, yeah, I am blessed. I am walking, the, but I'm still pressing with my hour of prayer and declare, God, I thank you. It is you. You were the cause of a phenomenal month. You crossed us over into October yeah. in total victory. You brought us through without any problem from the enemy. Mm-hmm. And then he gets all the praise, the glory. You're still pressing in in prayer, even though things are going great. God's watching. Yeah. Don't allow comfort. Should never change. Don't allow comfort to destroy your production. Don't allow comfort in your flesh to destroy your progress in the kingdom of God. Comfort is not a goal. It is a byproduct. Should always be a byproduct. Yeah. It's never a goal. A lot of time, the only time the Lord hears from his children is in Uncomfortable need. moments. Yeah, yeah that's right. Need. Just, in, just a need. And so here's what we're going to do like at the end of this broadcast. We're going to pray. And I don't have my wife pray for you because one of the things that we need to see in America right now, I mean, right now is that we need to see Christians that are crying out, pressing in with a desire to see God's kingdom expand. We need revival. And I believe it's already started. We need to move in the Holy Ghost. But it doesn't come if everybody thinks everything's fine. Everything's cool. You know, we're doing fine. No, we need to get uncomfortable again. We need to get to the place where we recognize our need for God. And we need to catch on fire again by the power of the Holy Ghost. I want you to bow your head wherever you're watching from. We're going to pray and believe God that this is going to be the greatest end of a year that we've ever seen in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for each and every person watching right now, watching on the replay, sitting here in in this building. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that a new and fresh fire, a hunger for the things of God to rise up inside of us, a boldness like never before. Thank you, Lord, that you just have goodness for your children, that we're going to reach out, we're going to grab it, we're going to operate in it, we're going to produce in it. Thank you, Lord, for the mind that you've given us, that if there's something that people are believing to step out and do, that they do it, just go and do it by faith, that you are with us every step of the way. Thank you, Father God, for this, uh, the hand of God that's on this nation, that, Lord, we are crying out to you. Yes. For the rest of this year, Father God, that the wicked will be exposed. Come on. The wicked will have calamity. The wicked, it will come to light, Father God, that us that are praying and believing and standing in faith, that the righteous are rising up like a mighty army. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, for each and every person that uh, is watching and that's believing for a miracle in their body. Lord, touch them. Meet them at their faith. Touch them. Honor them as they pray and cry out to you, Father God, that healing sweeps from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, that every organ works properly. Anything with your eyes, your eyesight becomes clear and works the way you created it to work. Thank you, Jesus, for each and every person. And, and 
Father God, that we leave this the last two weeks yeah. for what's been deposited in yes. us. That it has been a launching pad Thank to finish out the remainder of this year. Mm -hmm. That like we've been saying from January, violent increase and expedited favor didn't have an expiration date on it, Lord. Right. It doesn't matter what's happened in this world. We are not of this world. And we're still declaring violent increase and expedited favor yeah. in our life as we have the remainder of 2020. The way we started, we thought it was going to be good and maybe it was was, we're saying the best things happen for us, but it's not going to be, uh, I mean, we're going to have testimonies and testimonies before the end of the year that what we thought was good at the beginning of the year is going to end even better. Yeah. That 2021, like he said, we're running into that year and it's going to be so explosive that we're going to look back and we're going to laugh. Ha, ha, ha yeah. at 2020. We thought 2020 was good. Ha, ha, ha. 2021 is going to far surpass the yes. entire year of 2020. In the mighty name of Jesus, I call it done in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you believe it and receive it, throw some fire in the comments section. Let us know you're standing with us and believe in God for the greatest days you've ever seen. And here's what I'm going to encourage you to do on this Friday. I'm going to encourage you to sow a seed of faith. You know how to do it. The instructions, the, uh, the different platforms are on the screen. You can do that at miracleword.com. You can do it with Cash App, Venmo, PayPal. You can use hashtag donate in the comment sections. But you understand that the blessing of God that he has planned for you, it's always accessed by your obedience. And of course, you know that when you're sowing, especially into this ministry, you're not sowing to pay the bills. You're not sowing to, because we're in debt and we need a miracle or we're not going to, nope, right. we're not in debt. We have no debts. We have zero debts. We have no issues. You're sowing into the kingdom. You're sowing into pushing the gospel forward. And so we're going to give you this opportunity. Thank you, Roberto. Thank you for everybody that's sown today. We appreciate you for sowing seeds and thank you for partnering with us. We've got people that are standing with us on a monthly basis at different amounts. Everybody's doing something different, but do what the Lord tells you to do. Maybe uh, the Lord's telling you to be one of those that we've prayed for that will sow $85 a month or more to stand with us as we touch the world with the power of God. Maybe God's spoken to you to sow largely, you know, $5,000, $10,000, $50,000 to see the gospel preached before it's too late. It's not just about feeding hundreds of children all around the world every day but it's about the souls that need the gospel. It's about people that need to be delivered from the attack of the enemy. You play a role in that. Yeah. And we thank and appreciate you Super for being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We love you. Very much appreciate you. Tonight is the final night of this week of revival. You do not want to miss it. My father has a word yes. that he's going to deliver to you tonight. And the power of the Holy Ghost is going to hit this place. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. If you can get into the house, get into the house right here. Crossroads Community Church, 839 Ashby State Road, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. <laughs> we're getting a pulled, yes. We're getting pulled, a yes from that. Pulled, pulled that right out. 839 Ashby State Road, Fitchburg, Massachusetts. All the details are on the website. If you can get here, you should be in the building tonight because it's going to be a powerful move of the Holy Ghost. If there's absolutely no way that you can get here, let me tell you. Tune in 
on Facebook, Periscope, YouTube. We'll be on these same channels yeah. and, and watch it and press in because you can receive a miracle watching right through the broadcast. We've had testimonies come in from that. And so I'm telling you. There's nothing else better happening around here in Fitchburg on a Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's closed. But <laughs> Movie theaters are closed. But seriously, Everything's closed. when your church doors are open, you have to be in all the services because every night is different. Every night has been different. I mean, many of the people here have been in it every night and they can testify that it is different. And the Holy Spirit has a specific thing happen differently each night. That's right. You know, different people are coming in. Different people are coming in with expectations. Different people are coming in believing for different things. And the Holy Spirit knows that before you get here. So it's important. Praying, be ready, come expecting, and, and you're going to leave differently. And like, you know, there are people that can't get in because they're in other states that are going to be watching. But watch with expectation. That's right. Don't don't watch half-heartedly. Look at that. Corey and Brandy have made it to North Carolina already. Jeez. They are trucking out here. They were in the service last night here and left after the service. They're already, they're headed to Florida driving. They're already in North Carolina. My <laughs> Lord have mercy. It's a long we love you guys, home. man. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Hey. Suzanne and wow. Larry, thank you so much for sowing that seed. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Appreciate you very much. Can't wait to see what God's going to do around the world. Power of God's going to touch his people. Doors are opening up. Absolutely. We've seen the greatest doors open up to our ministry this year that we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, ever. There, we're, we're positioned that before we hit the new year to see the gospel going into over 180 nations of the world on a weekly basis. I mean, that's powerful. I think, and I couldn't have done that. The Lord did it. And so it's amazing. It's amazing to see what God's going to do in this new year coming up and at the end of this year. I'm so pumped up with expectation, my spirit. Things are getting ready to blast off by the power of God. I know. It's like, I, I still want to enjoy 2020. I love Oh yeah, Christmas. I'm not done with this year. But I'm just saying, like, I'm so excited for 2021. Yep. Oh, it's going like, to be. you feel that, like, anticipation and that your inside. You know what it's running. like? It's like when you're on the beach and you're in the water. And you feel all the water going back out because a wave's building. You ever been on there and the water gets sucked back out because it's, uh, the wave's pulling up and it builds the wave and you know it's getting ready to crash on you? That's what it feels like right now. It feels like the water's pulling out. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, something's building and it's getting ready to crash on the shores of it. America. My father prophesied as a red wave, the blood of Jesus. Washing over all 50 states. Hallelujah. And we're getting ready to see the greatest days. <laughs> we're going to see the greatest days we've ever seen. Yes. The devil didn't have the ability to cancel 2020. Thought he could. Couldn't. Couldn't do it. And now I'll tell you, our, our nation's taking a turn. Yes. And I've been prophesying since September of last year. God said he's going to drape his anointing, his power, his glory, and his revival over this nation again. And we're going to see one of the greatest moves of the Holy Ghost. I believe we've already seen the beginnings of it that we've ever seen. Yep. And so listen, I believe tonight's an important service, important service. So be a part of it. Don't miss it. We love you. Thank you for hanging with us again all week long this week from Fitchburg, Massachusetts. I'm excited to see you too, Luinda. I'll be at um, uh, Champion Center.
next Friday. Yeah, Champion yeah. Christian Center. Doing their yep. women's thing. Washington, PA. That'd be great. From Fitchburg, Mass., I'm Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. This is Carolyn Elizabeth Shuttlesworth. <laughs> Signing off. We love you. Have a great day. Have a good weekend. We'll see you tonight. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.